just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Captain's Log, Stardate 47634.44. Our position? Orbiting Earth 616. Currently intercepting snippets of satellite communications from seemingly humanoid creatures discussing apparently modern day events. From what we can tell, it has a strange name. Kenyatta and Jack save the world? God bless them. And welcome, listening friends. Yes, indeed. You are here with us again. <laughs> As we take our take on our never-ending task of saving the world, the the biggest job we've ever undertaken, I would imagine, besides parenthood. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess there is that. There is that, <laughs> and that's a that's a lifelong one. So there you go. Yeah, but yeah. In our spare time, this is what we do, right? And who and who are we? We are Jack. We are Kenyatta. And we are here with you for the next mm, 60 minutes or so, give or take. Theoretically. Theoretically. To chat up interesting things. Things we like to talk about. The wounds in our world that we like to poke at, even though we'd like them to heal. It's what we do here. And no bias, we do it pretty well. So, that's a whereabout, and that's what we're going to do once again for all of you guys. Thanks for coming out. That's right. And someone has an angry cat in the background, it sounds like. Yes. Yes, he has a toy. And listening friends, in case you didn't know, a little cat trivia. Cats do not have owners. They have support staff. So when a cat that you're familiar with brings you a toy or some such thing and drops it at your feet, sometimes they want to play. But sometimes it's the fact that they think you're helpless. And they need to bring things to you because they see that you are not chasing and pouncing things like they do. So, what are you even doing if you're not doing that? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, never mind the fact that, you know, cats sleep for, what, 17 hours out of the day. But when they yeah. want to play and they don't feel you're playing, you know, they look down on you. It's what they do. It's what they do. I love them still. What can I do? What can I do? Right. I mean. So. Yeah, and you've got a couple of fine-looking cats. I do. I love the cats. And, you know, you are a dog owner, some fantastic canines. I, I, I Hopefully there's a day, you know, sooner than later that I get to come and meet everybody. So, yes, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. I have, I have found, fortunately, that most dogs I meet tend to like me. So there's that. So we'll see. We shall see. But Yeah. And maybe Higgins will give you a big smooch across the face. That that'd be um great. <laughs> it it would. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> any hoot, any hoot. So of course I have to check and see how you're doing today, Jack. Um, how are things? Things are going. You know, I'm. I guess I can't complain. Okay. And even if I did, I'm not really sure who would listen. No. 
Somebody's yeah. listening. Somebody's listening. That's true. That's true. No, my yeah. therapist listened earlier, so I'm, I think I'm doing pretty good in that department. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Friends, if you don't know it by now, we want the best for all of us, including you. So anytime your health needs attention, whether it's physical or mental or otherwise, take care of it if you can. Yep. For sure. Self-care is paramount. Uh, yep. So, you, And you definitely need to take care of that type of stuff if you want to save the world. So, Correct. Absolutely correct. Especially for the kind of stuff that we wade through on a regular basis so you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're taking the bullet for you guys. <laughs> yeah. And oh man. You know, it's what we do here. <laughs> it's what we do. It's what we do. So this evening's uh my evening's WTF. I thought I would switch it up a little okay. bit. Because I found something that was darkly amusing, yet accurate. And it was a piece written for the New Yorker uh, for a column called Daily Shouts, which is a little uh, satirical column that different uh-huh. guest writers come in. And so the most recent one I read uh, earlier today and was just tickled and I thought I'd share. So I'll go ahead and get into that if you don't mind. No, go for it. It is called Amy Coney Barrett Throws Justice Jackson's Welcome Party. And this is written by Fiona Landers. Welcome to your party, Justice Jackson. It's me, the hostess with the habeas corpus, Justice Coney Barrett. And I was thrilled and required to throw you this bet. Motion to proceed? Great. So here's my opening argument for this fun party. I don't see color. Actually, ever since my Kappa Delta sisters and I drank elderberry schnapps and sacrificial deer blood in a ritual, I only see one color, periwinkle. Isn't that darling? Love my KD sisters, except for the newer ones who started petition and collected thousands of signatures to let everyone know that they hate me. College, right? I miss it. Oh, and just FYI, there's really only one supreme seed decreed to abide by. To quote the Honorable Chief Justice Roberts, if this nightmare fortress is a trembling, don't come assembling. This applies to us and also the general public. It basically just means don't try to enter or exit this building. The unscalable eight-foot fence sure helps. Okay, let's approach the snack table. I wasn't sure what appetizers you liked, so I tried—I just stuck to tried and true crowd pleasers, spoonfuls of yeast, powdered egg pops, and baby formula that I've been hoarding since the late 80s. Just as Kavanaugh served Rohypnol Jello shots at my welcome party, so for this event, I did a very Coney Barrett take on them. Here, tilt your head back. It's just like shooting a Jello shot except it's vampiring the goo from an expired Easter peep. Spicy, right? Justice Gorge loves these. He's fervently against packing the court, but super into packing a whole lot of peeps into his gullet. If it pleases the court, I'd like to somberly discuss party music. I asked Mary J. Blige if she would sing at this soiree, because who doesn't love Mary J. Blige? Unfortunately, Mary said she'd love to sing for you, Elena, and Sonia, but she told me that I needed to put my soul in a Mrs. Maytag and run it on extra soil 
but fear not. I did make a playlist called Amaze Parte Mix, and yep, you guessed it, it's unsettling, though it does set the tone for your welcome gift. Go ahead, open it. It's a burlap nightgown, just as Alito turned me on to these. Justice Jackson, if you don't like your new naughty, I'll have to hold you in contempt. You simply haven't slept until you've buttoned yourself into one of these coarse sacks. Next on the docket, some classic Supreme Court party games. First up, spin the gavel. Don't worry, it doesn't involve kissing, just wishful premonitions about who on the bench will die first. Justice Sotomayor really gets into it. She's definitely our top gavel spinner. Spin the gavel is usually followed by, would we miss you? The answer is always no, because we spend too much time together and these robes aren't breathable. Then we play a few rounds of which pervert? We pull big no-no allegations out of a hat and try to guess if each can be ascribed to Justice Kavanaugh or Justice Thomas. It gets super tricky because they're both perverts. Well, it looks like it's time to make horrific small talk. So, Kate Tanjay, you were a public defender. Wowzers, haven't had a public defender in these chambers since Thurgood Marshall. If it makes you feel any better, someone like me ruined his welcome party too. Man, if I could only crack open a bottle of 1989 Gerber newborn formula, the good stuff, and pick both of your public defender brains. I'd have so many questions. Well, actually, just one. Do poor people smell different? I heard that you're not into the coercion of criminal defendants, which is wild, because, like, that's one of my favorite parts of the legal system. We're like the next Scalia Ginsburg. This is going to be a blast. No. But actually, we do have a lot in common. Like how your parents overcame segregation and devoted their lives to equitable education, and how my parents overcame nothing and devoted their lives to making sure that oil companies could legally continue contaminating the ocean. We're both continuing our family's legacies. Oh, you want to leave the party now? Okay, just one sec. I still haven't given you the welcome card we all signed. Here it is. Ha ha, yes, it is an any exatet order, which, as you know, Justice, means that you are required to remain within the jurisdiction of this shitty party until one by one we all die. And, sorry to fame this, we're going to live forever. Oh, wow, that was probably... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm sure she had similar thoughts in her head, at least. <laughs> it's so creepy, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's not. I, I have to admit, somewhere in there, I was expecting her to maybe put on some sort of white robe type attire. <laughs> but. Uh, oh, man. Well, I, I guess that would have been too obvious. Sometimes you can't go for the obvious comedy. Bit, yeah, so. yeah, you know, satire is just a smidge more subtle, if yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but this gave me a good hearty chuckle. I could see why. Today. I said, what in heaven's name can you imagine? Peeps? Peeps are disgusting. 
<sighs> Melted peeps probably really are bad, but you know. I mean, that was fresh, that was yeah. Fresh, fresh peeps out the box are just—they're already ridiculous. So, <laughs> and any other any any other degraded form, it has to be even worse. So. Peeps are one of those things that you either like or don't. There's no in-between. There's not a, yeah, they're all right. It's you either like them or you don't. Correct. That Correct. Is, that is two, the two camps where peeps are concerned. Bless. But, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. But I was very, that was very nice of them to put that out so that you were able to read it, you know, in time for it to be your WTF of the day. I, I guess it was meant to be. It had to be. Yeah, it ha- it had to be. It was, it was um, <clears throat> it was destined. It was my destiny to read that today on this episode. Yes, yeah. and there it that is. that's a good counterweight to what I'm about to bring up as my WTF. <laughs> Fantastic! What is that? <laughs> All right, New York adult. Diagnosed with polio. First U.S. case in nearly a decade. (laughs) July 21st, 2022. A person from Rockland County, New York, has been diagnosed with polio. The unvaccinated young adult began experiencing weakness and paralysis about a month ago. County Health Commissioner Dr. Patricia Schnabel? Rupert said Thursday. So... Um, for the most part, polio has been completely eliminated in the world with the exception of Pakistan and Afghanistan. And if you think about what's been going on in those countries for the last couple of years, probably makes sense that there hasn't been a big vaccination campaign going on there. True. Um, I am not entirely, it doesn't, they have no idea how it got in the U.S. Apparently there's been a couple cases in uh, the U.K. as well. But... I don't necessarily know if this is a like the beginning of something for everyone to get scared about because Rockland County, New York, is the home to a super ultra orthodox Jewish community where vaccination rates of all vaccinations are historically low. Mm-hmm. So uh, that probably plays into it, and they have had major measles outbreaks there. For the last couple of years, once again, because they are just, they just don't vaccinate. As a matter of fact, here it says that only 8% of that uh, group has been vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubella before the outbreak began. Mm. And um, let's see, one of the most severe outbreaks of polio was in 1952, and the virus infected 58,000 people in the U.S., paralyzed more than 21,000, and killed more than 3,100. But then the vaccination campaign started, and it um, started, you know, cutting it dramatically, and it says the last naturally occurring case of polio in the U.S. was in 1979, before, I guess, this sort of last two times. Um, Do I think that you know, this is going to become like a major pandemic happening. Nah, probably not. Probably not. But that it's it's a little disconcerting. Cause now, first, you know, we got smallpox, and now something like this, and I yeah. I don't know I, the I don't the monkeypox. The monkeypox. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Which strange, strange. Just huh? That's just that's just stuff that we haven't seen, and who knows how long. 
just starts. Yeah. Like, hey. No. Yeah. Oh. There was some Alex Jones dude type dude that was screaming and going off about how um, they've released monkey pox to give us monkey DNA. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it's like, first of all, the monkey at the beginning of the pox isn't something that it's going to do to you. Or the name of anything at the beginning of the pox. You know, I don't... There's a whole boatload of people that did not, you know, start clucking after we had chicken pox. Um, cow pox does not turn you into a cow. Mm, no. Small mm. pox doesn't bring about dwarfism or severe weight loss. <laughs> and I'm sure that if there was a cat pox, people that contracted that wouldn't walk around slapping glasses full of water off of tables. They only do that because cats love science. That's it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, oh my God, you people are so freaking stupid and you vote. And more importantly, you take up oxygen that could be used for someone else. (laughs) There's enough to go around, as it were. But um, yeah, it's, it's disconcerting to know that we share space. You ha- they have a phone. You could literally type in there before you like start making major, you know, commentary that people will hear. Does monkeypox give you monkey DNA? And you could find out. No, that's not the case. But on top of that, you know, we share what ninety eight percent of our DNA with chimpanzees and just monkeys. If you're not, you know, talking the greater apes, it's probably eighty nine percent something like that. So you already got the damn genes anyway, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But, but I mean, but of course, you know, with access to uh, information and education being so hard to come by in the 21st century, I can understand why people would be confused. So, I know. Yeah. I mean, all they got to do is get out their phones, go to their Ask Jeeves app, <laughs> look it up, you know, go to Bing. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Altivist. <laughs> right, right. But uh, anyway, so I, I go back to the original point. I just thought that was sort of wild that something that, except for two countries in the world, that has basically been eliminated, apparently hasn't been as eliminated as we thought. And what is the reason that these people contracted it? Hmm. Oh, they didn't have a vaccine. Imagine that. Vaccines work. M- the MMR vaccine is one of them pretty much straight out, straight out of your mother type vaccines. Yeah. Literally, they recommend a whole slew of vaccine for babies and children all through, or, you know, over a number of years. But that's one of the ones up front. They're like, yeah, you got to have it. Or you should have it. But, hmm, as we know, people have a variety of reasons for not wanting to do it. I I could question it, but why? Because yeah. they've already, you know, they've already made up their minds that it's it's going to cause harm when thousands of medical studies have shown that, by and large, they do not. But what do scientists know? Hmm. Right, and you know, and why trust the data that when places initiate vaccine campaigns against said disease? the disease tends to disappear. And the reason it hasn't with COVID is because so many people don't get the vaccine, so it keeps getting time to mutate. 
That that doesn't mean anything. What does the medical establishment know anyway? I know a bunch of bunch of hacks that are you know they're just doing this because they want to control us. It's the medical mafia. It's the Illuminati. Yeah, that simultaneously want to control everybody and eliminate us at the same time. Is it just because less people to control would be easier for them? Yeah, yeah, that's how that all works out. You know it does. You know it does. Yeah. Come on, we got we got to get hip to the game sooner or later. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Ah, uh, well, I guess yeah, we just, yeah. we'll just keep trudging along and just, you know, being simple folk that don't know Yeah, much. yeah, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Yeah. Well, I suppose we should probably move on since <laughs> WTFs are WTF in our own brain. I was glad yeah. you had a more light... You know, light-hearted WTF, if it wasn't yeah, based in some possible seriousness. <laughs> yeah, like, who's the pervert? I was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> right, right. That's a game somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, although I always had the feeling that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was probably pretty kinky. You know, that doily she always had around her neck. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it! <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, let that woman rest. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I tell you what, um, I can't even think of her name. The lady that used to do impersonations of her on Sunday Night Live, oh, she was so on point. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anywho. Yes. Yeah, anywho. Well, you had, you know, as we tend to do during the day, said you wanted to talk about a certain topic, so... Let's just segue into into what you wanted to discuss tonight. Well, yeah, and, and I have a segue. Fancy that. Speaking of having all the knowledge in the known world at your fingertips, today we are going to talk about the history of social media. Yay! Yay! <laughs> social media. If, if it had... I can't really think of a phrase that's more backwards than that. Socializing with people that most of whom you'll never actually meet. It, it's definitely can, weird. Guess, it is weird. It is weird. But it's a, it's a thing, you know. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I both thing. like and am so completely irritated, you know, with social media all at once. Yeah. Because I have become friends with a lot of people that were acquaintances beforehand and were friends mm -hmm. and it's enabled me to keep up with family members that I probably never would. You know, it, mm -hmm. you and I, we're, you know, saving the world because of social media. But then you also get to find out that people who you thought were decent are in fact horrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I try not to let disappointments overshadow the, the wonder, you know, that I see every time there's a, a new evolution of something social media based. I try not to disappoint. I try not to let those kinds of things overshadow that. It's it's a blessing and a curse, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, but there it is. But where did it come from? How did it all start? Well, we're going to touch on that today. And to start off, what is it? A loose definition of social media is a collective term for websites and applications that focus on communication, 
community-based input, interaction, content sharing, and collaboration. Huh. And, of course, I think it should go without saying all this is electronically based. So, right, which yes. means most of us who dabble in social media do so from a computer, whether it's your desktop, a laptop, a tablet, uh, your iPad. And I know iPad is a tablet, but, you know, iPad right. people, they're special. And, obviously, your little tiny pocket computers known as cell phones. Cell phone. I said cell phones. Um, but be that as it may, obviously most social media apps can be accessed from any one of those, which many millions of people do on a regular basis. So where did it come from? Again, how did it start? Who thought of these things? Who decided that we could socialize without necessarily having to, you know, see people right in the flesh? Well, in a sense... Some stuff, well, some people seem to believe that social media began back on May 24th, 1844, with a series of electronic dots and dashes tapped out by hand on a telegraph machine when Samuel Morse sent the first electronic message via what would be known as Morse code, which is, if you don't know a language, formulated around series, different series of and links of taps. And the message that he sent, what hath God wrought? Indeed. But indeed. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. The most contemporary accounts of the modern origins of today's internet and social media point to the emergence in 1969 of the Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. It's a mouthful. The ARP Net, created by the United States Department of Defense. Yay! Yeah. And it allows scientists at four interconnected universities to share software, hardware, and other data. Trudging right along. And it was in, let me just, I should point out, and it shouldn't be too hard to believe that access to this was extremely limited. Mostly mm -hmm. Department of Defense, and like it's mentioned, um, universities and other institutes of higher learning and such. But in 87, the direct precursor to today's internet came into being when the National Science Foundation lost, launched a more robust nationwide digital network known as the NSFNet, the National Science Foundation Network, which permitted only government agencies and universities to use that network until 1989, when the first commercial internet service provider emerged. Can we take a guess at what that might be? Can you guess? Um, America Online. <laughs> Close. That was one of them. But even a little bit earlier than that was CompuServe. You know CompuServe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. CompuServe, AOL, and Prodigy came into existence and allowed folks to communicate through email, bulletin board messaging, and real-time, online, chatting, like chat rooms. I was in a chat room back in the day. It was fun. Anyway, but the known earliest actual social media network, by definition, was a little business called Six Degrees, which allowed people to sign up via their email addresses and upload a profile, add friends, share pictures, things of that nature. And this was launched in 1997. Based on the premise that 
everybody is separated from everybody else by six degrees of separation. Right. And as a side note, the only question I've ever had, well, the only question I've had in the last few years is what six people do I have to go through to get to Idris Elba? If anybody out there knows, shoot us an email. And Anyway. <laughs> Idris Elba, if you're listening, shoot us an email. Indeed. Specifically I- Kenyatta. Thanks. Ha. Anywho, but as popular as this was, Six Degrees unfortunately folded in 2001. And it peaked usage at about three and a half million users. 1997, we saw the introduction of AOL Messenger. 1999, we saw MSN and Yahoo Messenger. And listening friends, I got to tell you, I spent more hours than I care to admit on Yahoo Messenger. Hmm. 2001 saw the introduction of Friendster. A few months after its launch, 3 million users, we branded in 2011 as a social gaming site, suspended services in 2015, and closed up shop for good in 2019. Friendster was sort of like a pre-Facebook. Same right. concept. Signing up via email, connecting with friends, posting pictures and videos and things of that nature. And Quite honestly, before I did my research here, I did not know that that particular site lasted that long. I thought it had been long gone. Yeah, no Look kidding. what I learned. Right? <laughs> Around the same time, uh, web blogs, which are um, online blogs or journals, started gaining popularity uh, somewhere around 1999. And um, two sites in particular, Live Journal and Blogger, uh, became very popular. Blogger was bought out by Google in 2003. But there's some debate on whether or not web blogs are really considered social media, social media in that they allow posting of certain things, but not necessarily back and forth communication. Okay. So, right. but they kind, they kind of fall outside the lines, if you want to say. 2001. MSN, MSN Messenger was upgraded to Windows Live Messenger. That particular service folded in 2013. 2002, LinkedIn was founded as a network site for career-minded professionals. By 2020, it had grown over to over 675 million users and today remains the premier job-seeking site. That's because they don't stop sending you emails. Well, I mean, you know, Ever. They could do me, if they could do me a solid and you know, hook me up, I'll let them keep sending me emails. I don't mind. It, you know, it doesn't matter how many of them you unsubscribe to for this or that. <laughs> they have a bunch that you do not know about. <laughs> In 2003, the video call service Skype was introduced and still exists to this day. Yeah. Um. Also, In 2003, get ready. MySpace launched and it was, it was made popular by the ability of its users to share music. We were just chatting about this recently. Yep. That, that was one of the, the best thing about MySpace. Like literally every day you could change the music that you had on your main page. It was fantastic. It was- and 
customize your main page to exactly yes. you, you. Background pictures, color schemes, all of that. It was the best thing going. I Rearrange mean. your top ten. You know, all that was a it. big deal to be in somebody's top ten. Yes, it was. It was a big deal. Period. It was truly an interactive experience. And 2005 was sold to News Corp, owned by Rupert Murdoch. 2006, it was the most visited website on the planet. But as all good things come to an end, declines in usage began by the rising popularity of another social site and also because of on-site ads. That did become a headache after a while. Yeah. yeah, off off to the side of your profile with some random ad for something you didn't even, you know, you weren't even interested in. It was just right. their way of making money. But there you go. 2011, the uh, MySpace was bought out by Specific Media Group and Justin Timberlake jointly for about $35 million. In 2016, it announced that MySpace and its parent company had been purchased by Time Inc. for $87 million. Time was in turn purchased by Meredith Corporation in 2018. And in 2019, Meredith spun off MySpace and its original holding company and sold it to Beyond Technology LLC. And believe it or not, MySpace apparently still does exist. It does nowhere near the numbers that it did at its height, but it's still there. And frankly, I feel nostalgic, but I have no idea what you know, what my login information was, so. Yeah, but a year ago, I, maybe it was a little longer. It was when everybody was mad and they were all, well, I'm going to leave Facebook because they were mean to Orange Jesus and we're going to go to this thing. And there were all of these sort of different things. And I was like, why go to a new thing? Just reactivate your MySpace account. It's still live. They never yeah. deleted them. You just got to nope. figure out your password and. You can log back in and just go to MySpace. You'll already know how to use it. I mean, yeah, you might want to update a few things because it's probably been a minute since you were in there. Maybe you have a different taste in music. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the music is at least a decade old. If yeah. I, if, I, if I can remember the last song I put up, yeah, it's about 15 years old. So. But, There's that. You know, <laughs> everybody had to go to Tooth Social. Well... <laughs> Uh, but the 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 social media site that ended up pretty much showing out and taking away all of MySpace's traffic was the juggernaut Facebook. Originally founded in 2003 and known as FaceMash, then changed to the Facebook. And it was originally founded as a director a directory strictly for Harvard students to connect and interact with each other. Uh, mm -hmm. when it was first started, and, and if you know the story about who founded it and all the, the drama that went on there, when they first set it up, uh, they found that they had, within its first 24 hours, like several hundred people signed up. It wasn't a joke. They loved it. Um, and like I said, it was restricted, it was restricted strictly to Harvard students until some months later when membership was opened up to all Ivy League and Boston area schools than to most universities in the U.S. and Canada. Eventually, they dropped the the from the name, and it becomes what we know it as today. It became accessible to high school students in 2005, 
and accessible to any and all in 2006. God bless us. Mm. When I think yep. some of the things that I've seen on Facebook. Mm. It's a moment of silence. So. <laughs> but in 2005, we saw the introduction of Reddit, which is, I've never been uh, like, you know, habitually into Reddit. I'll read stuff on there every once in a while, but it's an interesting format. It kind of throws back to the old school chat room type setup. Yeah, it's kind of a cross between a message board, social media, chat room. Mm-hmm. It it is sort of a different thing, but then it's also, you know, news sources, and it's really odd. But it's a lot less moderated than oh yeah other things because it's whoever has that whatever that are whatever is. It's the people that start that that are the moderators that have control mm-hmm. over what goes on. Yeah, and I've 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 heard of you know dirty deeds and some really nasty things being said to people in Reddit. I, I I think it may be another one, but I think Reddit happens to be home to a great deal of incels. So, yeah, then, the ones that then they migrated to. I'm assuming you're about to mention maybe these other ones, the Chans. Is that coming up in this discussion at all? I did not um, mention 4chan, but yes, they're somewhat related in that regard. That they do harbor a lot of how do I put it nicely, um, socially inadequate individuals. <laughs> Yes. Like they literally cannot interact with other human beings at any level whatsoever. But they're very angry about it and they're going to let everybody know. So that's what yeah. they do. Yeah, the <laughs> whole thing is so weird because there was Reddit. Yes. And then there were some guys that were mad that there was too much control of Reddit. So they went and started 2chan. It was a Japanese dude. Mm-hmm. The, in case you don't know, the chan is short for channel. Mm-hmm. And so he started two chan well i meant for the listening audience but um, and then there were a group of people that were like man this two chan is too strictly moderated and so they went and started four chan and then after a bit there was a guy and he was like man this four chan is way too strictly moderated and he went and started eight chan notice each (laughs) time it doubles (laughs) but the guy that started eight chan his name is i believe it's Franklin, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting story. And somewhere five to seven, eight months in, he realized that this was perhaps a mistake starting 8chan. Mm-hmm. And then he sold it to the Watkins, who lived in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Watkins, also commonly known as Q, one of the Qs. Uh, his son Ron is one of the other cues, even though they don't admit it. Um, <laughs> and so they have it. And then the people that there was some other thing that was going to get shut down, they moved it to a different like hosting thing or something. I don't know. And now it's called a chun. But I'm going to warn you right now: do not. I do not care how curious you are. Do not go to eight chun because there is child porn on there. There is all sorts of horrible stuff. So stay, do not go any, do not go any further than Reddit. <laughs> exactly. And, and some of the stuff I've read on Reddit is just uh, bizarre, but I do enjoy the, am I the asshole? Yes. Uh, 
chats. Those are very enjoyable. I like they judging are. people in that regard. Uh, yes. I can do that. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway. Just uh, back to the, back to the, <laughs> back to where we were. But I just felt that if we're going to talk about it, we did need to bring those, those guys up. So that was, that was fine. Like I said, 4chan didn't, that didn't click, you know, to include it in there with Reddit because they're, they're, they're roughly approximated to the same kind of content. But yowzer. Just, mm. it gets progressively, once you add worse. Chan to it, it gets worse. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, 2006 saw the introduction of Twitter. And when it first began its service, it had the unique, I guess, aspect of limiting users to 140 characters per post. That ban was lifted in 2017, and the service averages about 335 million users per month. I enjoy Twitter, but mostly as an afterthought, I guess. Yeah. I I, I I did, and this is where I like, I'll go back to the six degrees of separation because there have been instances in, in my social media use, and it was, I think the first time was on Twitter, where a celebrity actually added me, and I was over the moon. Ugh. Who was it? Huh? Who was it? Boris Kojo. He's an actor. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um. And, you know, if you have a chance, look him up. He's... um. He's part Ghanaian and part German. Very handsome man. Extremely handsome man. And if I remember the thread that I was commenting in was something about um he had posted a posted a question and a lot of people were commenting on I think it was something about what do you find most attractive in a man or something like that. And I think I said something like a man that, you know, has some good smelling cologne on or something like that. And then he like he added me and, and agreed. I was like, <gasps> and I literally stayed frozen like for about three minutes. I was like, Boris Kojo added me. Ah! <laughs> it was delightful. It was delightful. So yeah, yeah, I can see why. I'm saying though, 2011 saw the introduction of Pinterest, which is something like a hobby based. Social media where you can post mm -hmm. a lot of pictures and and um, share your hobbies and interests. Hence the name. Yeah, um, hey, I have a Pinterest. I have a Pinterest. Have I been on there in a while? Because mm, I'll find all these recipes and I'm never going to cook on there. But, you know. Right, um, right. 2011 also saw the introduction of Twitch, which is a gaming social site which allows... Uh, and, you know, there are professional gamers. I used to, you know, think I might want to try to be them part-time, but that's that's a lot of work. But um, it allowed professional gamers to record themselves playing video games or play together. And unfortunately, and let me just put a pin in it now that we've mentioned um, Reddit and, and the chans. Those spaces tend to be extremely misogynistic and racist oftentimes. Um, especially the gaming sites, because there's always this contingent of sweaty guys with Cheeto dust on their t-shirts who live in their mom's basements who always get bent out of shape when they see women and people of color engaging in something that they think they hold dominion over. And that right. includes games. That includes things like interest in sci-fi and fantasies and things like that. And I've heard some troubling stories. Um, 
having yeah. to do with Twitch in the last couple of years. So it's 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 amazing how even in these venues where you think everybody should have more to do than fucking with other people, that's exactly what happens in these places. And it's it's bothersome. It's bothersome. Yeah, yeah no, it definitely is. So Yeah. <laughs> it just goes to show you anything can be <laughs> can be if there anything. could be a negative aspect to something, somebody is going to find it. Correct. Correct. Um, 2012 saw the introduction of Tinder. Uh, pretty much one of the biggest relationship matching social sites there is. I've heard stories about successes and failures on Tinder. Good luck to those who are into that. Um, right. I've, I've tried um, online dating a couple times, and here I am. Um, Instagram showed up 2010 and its service focused exclusively on photos and video sharing Mm -hmm. and initially only allowed photos to be framed in a square shape. That restriction was lifted in 2015. Um, currently about mm, probably over now 1 billion active users and one is the, is one of the top 10 most popular social media sites worldwide. In 2012, Facebook bought Instagram for about $1 billion in cash and stocks. Woo! That is a a big number. It is. And I should back up and say that here recently, and listening friends, if you've been you know paying attention to news, you probably know that Facebook has changed the name of its overall parent company to Meta because they intend to enslave all of us. And uh, the minute that Skynet becomes self-aware, we're all doomed. So, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, if you want to find out what's going on on Kenyatta and Jack Save the World, please go to the Kenyatta and Jack Save the World Facebook and Instagram pages. Instagram is (laughs) (laughs) K&J. STW. (laughs) To find out the goings-on with... Our lovely podcast. Indeed. Indeed. Go see us over there because, you know, we're just like everybody else. In those regards. Otherwise, we're actually superpower humans. Anyway, 2011 saw the introduction of Snapchat, which allows temporary posts, which at first would disappear within a matter of hours after they were posted or opened. Now I believe it offers what's called like a 24-hour story option. But there's nothing permanent on Snapchat. That's the fun of it. You can literally post some ridiculous stuff and it just disappear after a right. day or two. I never got into it. I never understood the mechanics. It didn't appeal to me. I kept it moving. So here's an interesting one, though, and I didn't think about including this until I was you know, gathering my notes. That same year, 2011, saw the introduction of Zoom, which... We are using right now. That is true. Who knew and that Zoom's been around that long? That long. It and took it a pandemic. <laughs> it, and you're exactly right. It took a pandemic for Zoom to bust wide open. Because within a month of its introduction, um, it had about 400,000 400, users, uh, up to about a million by 2013. Now, that's kind of, when you think about it, in two years, that's... Slow growth when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. But by February 2020, the service had 2.22 million users. 
and the Zoom app was downloaded to various uh devices. 2.13 million downloads in March of 2020 alone. Now, yeah. <laughs> think about all the stuff that we've been through in the last two years and some change and all the changes very abruptly for most of us that had to be made in order to ensure that we would all remain safe, which one of them was, you can't be, you can't be around each other, basically. Right. Yeah. And only if you had to be, and then, you know, distance. And what started happening, especially as we got closer to the, you know, we were coming up on summer, which is usually when kids are out of school, families take vacations, you couldn't do that. Summer passed. Now we're going into fall and we're coming up on the holidays. And families had to be warned away from each other from getting together for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and things like that. And I have to tell you, I was lucky enough that I got to spend time with my family because we're all in the same area and we made sure, you know, we stayed in our bubbles as much as possible. We right. Didn't interact, yeah. You know, we didn't interact outside unless we had to. But for millions of other people, they couldn't be there. They couldn't. And I, I don't even want to go off, you know, on a tangent to talk about how much of a struggle it was because we all know. But the fact that Zoom became literally one of the most essential survival tools, especially during that first year, when you think about how many, how many miles of distance a Zoom call can cover, you know, it was, yeah. it's mind boggling. It's, it's a little heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time that people had to revert to this. Because they couldn't see their people in person. But the fact that a service like this existed at all. And for the most part, I mean, it did have its bumps. You know, some security issues and some glitches. And something called Zoom bombing. Where unauthorized participants would jump in meetings and just harass people. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having time on your hands and you would just jump in somebody's Zoom meeting? What is that? (laughs) What is that? Um, I don't even know if like... 16 year old me would have thought that would have been sounded like a good time like what even go go do something else god so it still stays uh in in quite a bit of use because one of the countless after effects of quarantining was that a lot of people that use it for business reasons you know remote work are still remote working mm-hmm. i can tell you yeah. and not that not that my company necessarily uses Zoom, but we do use a different version of the same kind of program. And right. there are its limitations. There are some drawbacks. I'll be the first to say it, but at the same time, it has kept many a business afloat where they may not have they may not have been able to make it. So it is weird a weird a blessing in a weird sort of packaging, I guess you could say. So then we have in 2012 Google Plus. There's not much to say about Google Plus, really. I, yeah, I tried it's it. It's just literally 2012, I think, is the entirety of Google Plus, wasn't it? I mean, it really, it, I mean, as far as use, as, as uses was concerned, officially didn't come to a, a standstill until 2018. But, and that was because of a doggone security breach technology. What can you do? But yeah, there wasn't, I tried it. I, dry, I tried the Google Plus. I tried Google Hangouts. It was, it was too much and not enough. It it wasn't for me. Yeah. I, I I found nothing in it personally. But I, and what? 
was going to say, there was a point where I just decided I don't want to go through and have to find friends and people again and F it. Yeah. And I just will, I will just stick with Facebook until it dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of pure laziness. Pretty much. Pretty much. And the fact that, like, you know, Instagram, you can add context based on your, if you give, if you give the app access, it'll buy, it'll find people based on your context. Right. They're recommending people to me that I've never heard of. And I'm like, whose phone number did they associate this person with? Do I need to clean out my phone book? My God. Right. The less said about that, better. But the, one of the more recent and the fastest growing social media app is TikTok. Discovered or, or released in 2016 initially in China. It was released to the whole wide world a year later in 2017, and it hasn't slowed down since. I don't get it. I've never been on it. I'm tempted, but I don't know. It's just one more thing. It's just one more thing. What do I need? What do I need? Yeah. and (laughs) That's just me. I, what, sometime in the last, I guess, four or five months, I decided to get a TikTok, and quite honestly, I forget that I have a TikTok, so what happens is, like, once a month I go on, and I'll have all of these things that the four people I'm friends with have sent me, and then I just watch all of that crap, and then I exit out of TikTok, and then forget I have it for another three weeks. (laughs) I mean, mean, honestly, some of the commercials I've seen here lately, they have a, a fantastic marketing team, because the commercials sparked interest in me, like, what can I learn on TikTok? And right when I see the commercial, I'll be tempted to go sign up for TikTok and I forget. So if I even forget to sign up for the doggone thing, am I really going to be into it that often? I don't right, know. right. And I don't know. I follow like four things and they're all Great Dane related. I see? just watch people's Great Danes do silly shit. And, and, and that's, that's probably it. what I would do is just look at cat videos. Right. And videos of sheep getting sheared. I find that to be the most satisfying thing in the world. Don't ask I, me why. I can't judge. I watch videos where guys take giant logs and saw them into slabs with their sawmills. So I can't say anything. See, it's amazing what you can, what interests you can tap into. Like the sheep shearing videos and the horse shearing videos. There's something madly satisfying about watching that be done, especially when you're looking at somebody that obviously knows what they're doing. And animals are not bothered, not one bit. They're just like... Yeah. Hmm. It, it's oddly relaxing watching a guy literally saw logs, not because he's falling asleep or sleeping, but literally sawing logs. I believe it. And now that you've mentioned that, I'm going to go find, I'm going to go find this to see what the deal is. I'm going to have to now because it's out there. It's out there. Out of the Woods Forestry is a good channel Mm. to watch. Uh, The guy lives in Tennessee. He may be one of the top ten nicest people on YouTube. (laughs) But Mm. (laughs) Interesting. He he loves sawing open the logs because in his viewpoint, he's the first person who has ever got to lay eyes on what it looks like when you remove that board off the top. (laughs) Interesting. Huh. It was a channel. This is, you know. A little, a little tangent. There is a channel on our local, our local stations here that showed those strongman competitions, um, with the the log sawing and the, the right, tire yeah, tossing yeah, and yeah. hauling tractor trailer trucks. And that I was so fascinated with that for the longest time. I'm like, 
Like, how do they do it? Like, what's the training regimen for that? Like, how do you get into that? How? I have questions. I always have right, questions. Right, that was right. fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what's the one where they climb up the trees with the spikes? and? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that whole business. I'm like, this is fascinating. How do How do you get into this? Is there like, is there... Is there a website you can go to and find someone locally you can train with? How do you get into this? Not that I would. I just want to know how. I just want to know how. That's all it is. And it's quite possibly because I have questions about literally everything is why I drive people crazy. But that's a completely different conversation. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That is something all unto itself. So. Yeah. Um, so, are you about to touch on all of the the versions of Twitter, Facebook knockoffs that were just there because certain followers of someone was mad that about certain things? Are we going to touch on those? Um, I didn't plan on it. Oh, thank um, God. Then let's well, just move on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will share a couple of tidbits about social media fun facts yeah um you know stuff you can possibly use as questions on jeopardy uh the average time that a user spends on social media per day is two hours and 24 minutes the number of apps that social media users check averagely average averagely hmm, reaches up to eight includes including social networks and messaging apps uh hang hang on i had a thought Uh Averagely sounds like a social media site for people that are just solidly plain looking for fives and sixes. <laughs> you may have stumbled onto something. Was, <laughs> you have may have stumbled onto something for real. Like literally. These are the people that are like, you know, CPAs. And yeah. air traffic controllers. Yeah, maybe maybe it could be a dating site, you know? Averagely, the dating site for plain people. Yeah, like, do you like bologna sandwiches and yeah. piano bars? Let's go yeah. out. Are you, you a like 9 them? or a 10? This is not a site for you. Mm-mm. In fact, if you're attractive, if you're a 9 or a 10, you're not allowed on. If you're Angelina Jolie, you cannot have a, a, a page on this dating site. Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, that's that's a that's a thought. That could be a thing. That could be a thing, and I think it would blow up. I have no doubt about it. I think it would blow up. But four and a half billion people around the U around the world use the internet, mostly for social media, which out of that number is about three and a half billion people. That's interesting. That seventy five percent of the people on the internet are on freaking social media. Interesting and slightly bizarre, but I'm not here to yeah. judge. But, not at this time. <laughs> yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> the most popular social media platforms in the country as of this year include Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp. I didn't mention WhatsApp, but if you know, you know. Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, Reddit, LinkedIn, and Twitter. of marketers, folks that deal in business, believe that social media is effective in their business, which is what social media is starting to trend to as far as being an essential marketing tool for people to push their product or service. We do it. 
in our, our, you know, what we do is a relatively small scale, but of course you have multi-billion dollar companies out there that use it as well. Just look at your Facebook feed. Every other thing you see is a, an ad for something that you may have just Googled seven minutes ago. Yep. Hint. <laughs> 54% of internet users use search social media to find their favorite products. There you go. Facebook may be on to something. 49% of consumers trust influencers' recommendations to buy from a brand. And listen, friends, if you don't know what an influencer is, it's literally someone who gets famous from being on social media far too much. That's yeah. it. And whether or not they're pushing a certain style aesthetic or lifestyle which may or might not be real but somehow they, they've amassed uh, millions of followers and people live and breathe to follow these people and see what they're doing on a regular basis i don't get it i understand what it is i don't get it because i promise most of the people that i see that are supposedly influencers i'm not sure what they're influencing but then again I'm not 20 and 30 something years old. No knocks. No knocks. But I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's the world we live in. It is. And I, I, and for all, for what it's worth, and no matter, you know, what we talk about here, I'm still happy to be here. So. Yeah. We are. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I both love and dislove social media. Yes. Because yes. it does enable you to keep in touch with people that you otherwise might not keep in touch with just because life gets in the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but it is also very addicting. And then you also find out that people you thought were a certain way are, in fact, sometimes not that way at all. And I'm not talking, I'm, I'm just mean in terms of, you know, being a jerk or racist or phobic of fill in the beginning part of phobic and that oh. can, you know that up to and including you know spiders and <laughs> you know, <laughs> all sorts of things but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead on, on a limb and say being arachnophobic is slightly less uh questionable than let's say being homophobic I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing because you know. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm not here to argue that point. I was just pointing out that I know a lot of phobias people had that I did not know that that they had, and that doesn't include just the one towards people of various Correct. groups. <laughs> Correct. And and the trick is is that most of them don't think that they are. But I know. That's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But, uh, and, oh, my God. That reminds me. I have something I need to send you that I'm not going to discuss on here. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, yeah. But having uh, having said all that and, and gone through what really is a condensed and brief history of social media, um, of course, Google is your friend, listening friends. That's probably why you're here. But also... You can go online and access all of this information and read some very interesting timelines of all this that are far more detailed in the history of, of all of these, these apps I've mentioned. And for all the ones I've mentioned, there's at least 10 or 20 more that I haven't. So, yeah. Yeah, that is true. And, and, and most likely 
including Jack and I, most of our listening friends, y'all probably are at least signed up to three of them. So, no judging. No judging. judging. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm not going to judge because I spend wildly too much time on social media (laughs) myself. So, I do, I do as well outside of, you know, what we do for our beloved podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. But it is the world we live in. So, I often wonder, and I do often wonder, what did we do with spare time before the cellular phone came along? What did we do? Cocaine. We read magazines in the bathroom. Yeah. We actually had, we actually had magazine stands in the bathroom. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Or you read the back of the toothpaste. Or... Oh, you know, something. Well, yeah, and when you were eating breakfast in the morning, you read the back of the cereal box for the ten thousandth time. Mm-hmm. If you did, you know, if you didn't have access to television, yeah, or you read the paper if you got the paper, or you know, if you had kids, it was possibly that they were, you know, finishing homework that they should have done the night before. Now, everybody's face is buried in the cell phone. Case in point, I recently went to the dentist. Another dentist store. Went to the dentist, and when I arrived, there was an older gentleman in the waiting room. For about five minutes after I checked in, it was just me and him. Then slowly, within the next ten minutes, five more people came and checked in. All of us, except for the older gentleman, had our faces in our phones. Yep, yep. Oh, boy. I mean, I can't really say anything before my phone. If I was waiting in a waiting room for the doctor or the dentist. I usually brought a book and read the book, so Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just sort of a difference of, for me anyway of what I was looking at. <laughs> you know what I'm looking at while I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. I try I tried to recently get into the habit of putting down electronics at least an hour before I turn in. Because they say that's a good idea because your brain is all uh um, right activated by looking at screens and you need time to wind down so you can you know try to go to sleep and stay asleep at night so i've tried to doing the habit of that but it's hard especially you know since facebook has decided to you know start allowing posts or showing you suggested posts of videos now this is not necessarily recent it's just that i've just started paying attention to them and that's a whole rabbit hole in itself and i hate it but here I am. Right, right. You know. <laughs> we are definitely a rabbit hole society these days. <laughs> and don't get me started on cat videos. I'm sorry. I'll keep saying it. Cat videos. Uh, yeah. Cat videos. I'm, I'm there. Well, yeah. Kenyatta, you are not going to believe this. <gasps> it's about that time. <laughs> we, once again, we have gone the 60 minutes plus. <laughs> Indeed. But that's okay, because we're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up nice and tidy. So That's right. After, you know, discussing social media, listening friends, I just want to give you a tip. As we mentioned repeatedly, social media is a blessing and a curse. It does allow you to reach out to corners of the world that you never thought were accessible. But every once in a while, please... Remember to go outside and touch some grass. Your mental health is important. 
That is true. If you can set your phone down, do it, because sometimes the crazy stuff you see on there is not good for it. It is not. Put your phone down if you can, and just enjoy something else for a bit. Yep, absolutely. With that, we thank you guys for tuning in again with us. We'll be back like clockwork, same time, same channel. It is I, Kenyatta. It is him, Jack. And we bid you adieu. Bye! As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W on Facebook or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others if you or anyone you know needs help or support please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash topics. and Jack, Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.